Our Bible reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. Um, if you'd like a physical Bible, there are a stack just on the table at the back. Um, you're also welcome to follow along on the screen behind me as well. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll start at verse 19. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those who not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Good morning, everyone. My name is Scott. I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Pracker. Uh, parents, just a note, uh, if your kids got a, a booklet with them as they came and get their activity pack, they're free to take that booklet home with them and, and, and use it in your family as you see fit. Uh, I want to tell you about uh, a time. So this is after, after school, I went to university to study to become a primary school teacher. And in the first couple of weeks, I met a guy called Dave. Uh, Dave and I would sit together in classes and we'd talk about things like music and TV shows and how much we didn't like the next assignment that was due and stuff like that. And, and early on, <clears throat> Dave found out that I was a Christian. Uh, I don't remember how it came up, actually, or, or, or if I said something about... But the thing I remember really clearly was Dave's reaction. Without skipping a beat, Dave just said, Huh, don't start talking to me about that stuff then. And that was it. Class finished, we went our different ways. And if I'm honest with you, his reaction, it kind of surprised me. I started to feel a bit nervous, um, like I was on the back foot right from the start. Uh, Probably some of this has to do with me being young and not quite sure of myself and maybe not quite sure of my faith entirely yet as well. But but certainly some of it was because Dave's reaction to me being a Christian was pretty negative. And and talking about it, it was very clear, it was a no-go zone. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I suspect actually a lot of us have because it's, it's very easy to get that impression today that it's just not okay to talk about our beliefs with other people. It's a personal thing, so we ought to keep it just to ourselves. But yet, this is the very thing that the Bible tells us to do, to evangelize, to spread the word, make disciples, be on mission, whatever you want to call it. And so it can feel like we're caught. On the one hand, the Bible is telling us to evangelize, and deep down, we actually think it's a really good thing that people know about Jesus. On the other hand, we live in a culture that seems to suggest if we talk about Jesus, particularly if we talk about Jesus and try and convince others that they should believe in him too, well, that goes against this unwritten cultural law that we have. So what do we do? And what does it mean for us when we've got friends who are like Dave? Well, today we come to our final week in this spiritual habits series. We've been looking at the last four weeks through the habits, things that we want to grow at in 2023, things like prayer and Bible reading and godliness. And today we're finishing up with evangelism. And we're going to follow the same structure that we've gone through the last few weeks. We're going to start with, well, firstly, let's think about what it is. What, is it, what do we mean by evangelism? Secondly, why do we do it? But then thirdly, 
some practical things to help us think through how we could grow our habits in evangelism. So let's start then. What is evangelism? Well, it might help to begin by clarifying what evangelism is not. Evangelism is not running a soup kitchen. Evangelism is not putting on a program for at-risk teenagers or cooking a barbecue at the local community fair. Look, those things, they might be really good to do, and evangelism can happen at any one of them, but on their own, none of those is evangelism. So what is it then? What is evangelism? Actually, the word evangelism helps us. See, evangel, uh, it, it just means good news. And this can be any kind of good news, right? Anything from, you know, Australia won the cricket last night to there's ice cream for, for, for dessert after dinner. Good news. But in the Bible, it's talking about one particular piece of good news, what we call the gospel. This is the news that God is our creator. But despite this, we've, we've rejected him. We've wanted to run life our own way. And, and in doing so, we've ruined God's world. We've messed things up. And, and, and we deserve God's right but yet terrifying judgment. And you're thinking, well, where's the good news in this? Well, it's here. It's that Jesus comes into this world. He is good. He doesn't reject God but pleases God. He does good to other people. And yet Jesus dies, not by mistake or accident. But actually, this was his plan all along. He came to die in our place as a substitute for us. And when he dies, he takes God's judgment on himself so that we don't have to. Then Jesus rises to life and he offers us forgiveness. Friends, this is the good news of the Bible that we can be back right with God again. It's all about Jesus rescuing us. And evangelism then is just telling other people this news. So you can see why if you're just running a barbecue, that's not evangelism. Because to do evangelism, it means we need to speak the words. We need to use our words to tell others the good news. And that's exactly what Jesus tells us to do. I want to refer now to, uh, there's, a, there's a part in the Bible called Matthew. Uh, we're actually starting a series on Matthew in a couple of weeks' time. But... Um, Matthew's a biography or written about Jesus' life, written by one of his 12 disciples, whose name was Matthew, not surprisingly. And right at the, so we're going to a part that's right at the end of this biography. Um, this is after Jesus has died and risen again. Matthew tells us that Jesus got his disciples together. And look at what he says to them. This is Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth... Has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if you break that up, Jesus is really saying three things here. Firstly, there are, there, are, there are two truths, two true things that Jesus wants to remind us of. The first one is in verse 18, where Jesus says that he has been given all authority, everywhere. That is, there is nowhere that exists that Jesus is not Lord. Second truth, second thing Jesus says, is verse 20, Jesus promises that, to the disciples that he'll always be with them, everywhere they go. 
no matter where. So these are two, two true things. But then in between them, Jesus tells a third thing. But this is what Jesus wants them to do. They're to make disciples. Wherever they go, be it near or far, the thing they're to do is to make disciples. You think, well, what does that mean? Well, it's actually really helpful that these verses explain what it means to make disciples. It means two things. Firstly, it means baptizing people. That is, seeing people become Christians for the first time. The old word we would use for this is, is converted uh, and the second thing then is, is, is once people are converted, teaching them to do what Jesus said, following up with them, helping understand, helping them understand Jesus and, and how following him should shape life. And really that is evangelism in a nutshell, isn't it? It's telling people about Jesus so they start following him and not just leaving it there, but, but then keeping on talking about Jesus so they're established in their faith firm. Now, some people at this point want to say, yes, this is, this is what Jesus told his first disciples to do, but he actually doesn't tell, that, tell us to do the same thing today. But he does. Think about it for a moment. When those first disciples heard Jesus say this, well, they went out and they spoke and people were converted. And then those first disciples were to teach the new Christians to obey everything Jesus commanded them including this command to go and make more disciples. See, evangelism is for all of us. Jesus tells all of us to go out and speak this good news about him. But the thing is, it's hard. There are risks involved. Like It might be like me with my friend Dave. It might be awkward. You might be made fun of. You might lose a friend and actually wouldn't it just be so much easier to put on a barbecue I mean, people will be telling us we're doing a good job we don't have to risk the possibility of rejection so why do evangelism well there are actually lots of reasons aren't there really when I mean, jesus told us to we've just seen that he told us to so we should that's yeah, right that god be glorified we want to see god be be, be honored in people's lives it's actually really, really wonderful that we get to be called in to do God's work with him, that God uses our words as we speak. And you know, on and on we could go. But, but here's a really key reason. Why, why do we do evangelism, even when it can be hard? We do it because eternity is at stake. I want to take us to that passage that Ada read out for us now. This is, this is part of a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. And before, in the bit before where Ada had been reading, uh, Paul was talking about um, all the rights he has as an apostle. He's an apostle and that gives him certain rights, but the twist is, he says, I don't use my rights. I don't demand that people give them to me. I give, I give up my rights because it's better for people if I do that. And then we come to the part that Ada read out for us. Again, Paul is talking about he's got a freedom here. He's free, but he doesn't use his freedom, especially when it comes to evangelism. He says he's free, but he makes himself a slave to everyone. This is what you see in verse 19. Though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone. And why? Why would you do this? He says, to win as many as possible. He makes himself a slave to everyone 
to win as many as possible, to win them to the gospel, to win them to Jesus. He makes sure that nothing gets in the way of people hearing about Jesus. He wants to make it as easy as possible for people to hear about Jesus and believe in him. So to the Jews, he becomes like a Jew. To those under law, he becomes like one of them. To those not under law, he becomes like one of them. To the weak, he becomes like them. And it's not that Paul is being inauthentic or, or, or ungenuine here. But there's one thing that's important for him. And whatever it takes for people to hear the gospel, well, that's what he's going to do. It's, it's, it's quite an impressive commitment, isn't it? He's not changing the message, but, but he's prepared to go out of his comfort zone. He's, he's prepared to give up his preferences and, and, and be like others. It's an impressive commitment. And it ought to make us ask the question, what would you do that for? What would make you want to do that? To give up your preferences, to step out of your comfort zone. What would make you want to do that? For Paul... It was very clear. It's about salvation. Let's look at what he says in verse 22. He says, I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. It's about salvation. Eternity is at stake. Heaven and hell are real. And eternity is a very long time. That's why you'd go out of your way. That's why you'd give up your freedoms. Because this message matters. Evangelism matters. It matters for, for people. It matters that they hear. It, it, it matters for eternity. Some of you will know that <clears throat> recently my nan died. And so I flew back to Tamworth in New South Wales to, to be at her funeral. And something struck me on the plane rides. You know, before takeoff, you're there and the flight crew are doing all of their, their safety instructions. And if we crash, here's how to brace yourself. And if you need oxygen, the mask will come down. But the thing is, you ever notice, they're just going through the motions as they do this, right? Now they're up there and they're smiling. You put your life vest on like this and you clip it in here. And, but they're barely really paying attention. They don't actually care if you've heard them or not. And you think, oh, come on, shouldn't you be more serious about this? I mean, this could be the difference between me living and dying. And, but they're not treating it like that because they don't actually think the plane is going to crash, do they? I mean, they've done this hundreds, thousands of times before and never once has the plane crashed. So does it really matter? But imagine if someone somehow in that flight crew, imagine they knew that the plane was going to crash that day. What would they do then? Well, they'd do everything to get you to listen, right? When they're showing you how to buckle up your seatbelt and, and, and put your life vest on, they'll be looking at you intently so you've heard that. And then afterwards, they're going to come up and down and check your shot. Do you know the brace position? Is the, your life vest under your seat there? Make sure those seatbelts are buckled tight. They're not going to bother you know, coming around handing out orange juice and muffins. This is a matter of life and death. They want to make sure you know what to do. Friends, if we are followers of the Lord Jesus, 
we know something more serious than a plane crash is coming. Jesus will return, and at that time, all of us, everyone, will have to give an account to God. And on that day, only one thing will save us. Jesus, trusting the Lord Jesus. You remember, right? This is the gospel news. He has died and taken the judgment of God in our place. There is only one thing that saves Jesus. Eternity hinges on Jesus for everyone. That is why we do evangelism. Even when it's hard, because it matters. It matters that people hear about Jesus. It matters for eternity. So, how do we go about it then? What kind of habits could we form? I'm going to suggest two things here. The first thing won't be a surprise. The first thing is prayer. I say pray. Pray daily for people that you know. Pray for their salvation. Pray for God to be at work. Pray that God would give you opportunities to speak. Pray that you'd notice those opportunities. Pray that you'd take them. And don't just pray on your own. Pray with others. Pray in your household. Pray with your community group. Pray with one another. Share the wins and losses together. We are not in this alone. But pray. Because if people are going to be saved, we need God to be at work. So pray. But secondly, I want to suggest something, and this one might be a little bit more radical. In 2023, could you cut something out of your life? Could you give up doing something in your normal weekly schedule so that you have time for evangelism? Why do I say this? Well, perhaps we've heard stories of people who become Christians right there on the spot. You know, someone walks up to them, talks to them about Jesus, and in that moment they decide, yes, I'm going to come and follow him. And those are great stories. But that's not the normal thing. Most evangelism is deeply relational and it takes time. What's the problem with that? Who's got time today? All of us are busy. We move from one thing to the next. And beyond a very few people, it's actually hard to spend good quality time with others. I recently read a book and and here's how they put it. I said, the problem is that evangelism and discipleship require huge amounts of time and effort more than many believers are prepared to give it. It requires us to love people patiently, going over the same material again and again. Do you have time for evangelism? Could it be 
in 2023 that you stop doing something, that you cut something out of your regular weekly routine so that you have time to spend with people, so that you have time for evangelism. And I'm not saying here that we need to pretend to be friends with someone, but really we have this ulterior motive. We're just kind of waiting for them to become a Christian. Uh, but that is, what we need to be is real friends for people, spending time with them. Hey, you know, have, have meals together. Go to the movies together. Do, do whatever you like to do together. Get involved in life. You know, ask questions. Ask questions beyond what did you do last week. Talk about life. And, and I guarantee there'll be plenty of opportunities over time that come up for you to talk about your faith about Jesus and why you believe him. And, and even if you're not confident to talk much about Christianity, you can share your own experience. And then you can invite your friends along. We're going to be doing stuff all through the year at church here. You'll hear more about it at our year launch next week. We'll be doing all stuff throughout, as a church throughout the year, things that you can bring your friends to. So invite them to come along and check out Jesus with you. You know, I told you at the start how my uni mate, Dave, he didn't want to talk about Christianity at all with me. But guess what? We did. And it's not because I forced it on him or anything like that, but it's just that over time we got to know one another. I realized he just wasn't a Christian-hating guy, and he realized I wasn't just trying to Bible bash him and then run off to the next person. We just became friends. And so as we talked about life, Jesus and my faith in him came up naturally. It didn't happen you know, overnight. It took time, but, but that's the way that friendships work. Could it be that you stop doing something in 2023 so that you have time in your life, time to spend with people, time for evangelism? And look, can I say, if you are the kind of person who, who loves you know, doing the program for the teenagers or, or, or the barbecue at the community fair, I mean, that's great. Do that. Don't, don't hear me saying you need to stop that. Do it. But, but don't just do that. You know, you say, from, for example, if you're helping out a soup kitchen, do, do what you need to do so you can be a really good volunteer there. But then also make sure you've got time to stick around afterwards, to chat with the other volunteers and get to know them. To, to sit down with the people that you're serving and talk with them about their lives and their hopes. Get to know them week by week and see where that goes. Because again, I guarantee you, over time there'll be, t there'll be chances to talk about Jesus and your faith in him. Most evangelism is, is, is deeply, deeply relational. It takes time. So what would it look like in 2023? if we had growing habits of evangelism? What, what could you do to make sure that you have time for evangelism in this year? Now, over the past few weeks, I've suggested lots of different things you could do. And perhaps you're at this point and you're thinking, well, I'm just overwhelmed. There's too much to do. Where do you start? I actually was talking to a friend of mine uh, last week. He's different to me. I told you at the start of this series, I don't make New Year's resolutions, never have. It just, it's not me. He's the kind of guy who makes New Year's resolutions every year, right? And he said to me, I was talking to him last week, and he said, this year I made too many resolutions. I can't do them all. Or at least it, it was too much to do them all at once. So he said, I decided I'm going to break it up. The first couple of months, I've got these things I'm going to try and do. 
things I'm going to change, habits I want to form. Do that for a couple months. And then after a couple months, I'm going to do, try these things and so on and so on. And I thought, actually, that's, that's something that, that's really helpful in that, isn't it? Particularly if you're here and you've been thinking over the last week, over the last few weeks, there's a number of things I want to do. How do you do them all? Well, maybe start by doing one this month. Get a habit formed. Make the changes you need to. Then next month, move to the next thing. And so on and so on. I also did want to let you know, um, Ada and I have got together and we've pulled a bunch of books off our shelves. Um, these are things that you might find helpful, helpful as you're trying to build habits of you know, prayer, Bible reading, godliness, evangelism. And they're all over there on that table now. Uh, the, the idea is they're free to borrow. There's a sheet of paper explaining what each of the different kind of books are about. Um, it, all you want to do, if you want to borrow one, just pick it up, or two or three, whatever. Pick it up, put your name next to the book on the sheet, uh, take it home with you today, bring it back whenever you're finished. But let me again with that question again. If we want to grow our habits of evangelism in 2023, what is that going to look like for you? Let me pray for us. Our gracious and loving God, our Father in heaven, you who made the world and made us, we are sorry that we have turned from you and done what is not right. We are so thankful that Jesus has come to pay the price. Please forgive us through him. We thank you that this news is so wonderful. We thank you that it's changed and shaped us. And we pray it would go out from us into Paraka and the surrounding areas so that more and more people might hear about Jesus, know Jesus, and come to join us in living for Jesus. Please, Father, help us make the tough calls if there are changes we can make in our lives. Help us do that so that this year we might grow our habits of evangelism. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.